What's up and welcome to Fortitude in 15 with Sam Panich and Parker Yablon, presented by Elevation Nation. In 15 minutes, we're going to talk about what's going on in the real world and give you some tips and tricks on how to activate mental fortitude and conquer the real world. Parker, it's great to hear from you, man. Excited for this week's episode of Fortitude in 15. I think we have an awesome topic for young adults to learn a little bit more about what it feels like to finally be thrown as the low man on the totem pole, but still wanting to add value and find your place. Yeah, man. I mean, this is a very important topic to talk about and discuss. But first, how's your week been? Everything good? Everything's good. It's a little chaotic here in the District of Columbia, as you know. We got some changes coming to our nation's capital. So I've been dealing with that. But hey, we're, we're all safe and sound. So that's good. Yeah, man, you'll have to uh, comfort me on this podcast episode because I'm still getting over the Ravens loss on uh, on Saturday night. Rough one. But you know what? The great thing is that they'll play again in September. So that keeps my head up, you know? Hey, man, if that's the biggest of your problems this week, I think you had a pretty darn good week. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess so, yeah. All right, let's get into this topic. I think, you know, when we were discussing what we were going to talk about this week, this came to mind for me in particular. You know, Sam and I are playing around with this new cool app called Clubhouse. I feel like every entrepreneur is trying to get on it. But the cool thing about it is you can just join random conversations with random people and say whatever you want about it. You can have the ability to literally speak your mind and have people listen to you. And I think that's super cool. And I said to Sam, you know what, maybe we should talk a little bit more about finding your voice as you're starting out in the real world. Because I feel like, I mean, I remember when I first graduated, man, this was a big part of why I struggled is because I felt like I had no voice. And I came from a place where I always felt like I did have my voice. Yeah, I think a lot of kids, you know, they graduate they're seniors, they're used to kind of working their way up to the top of the food chain. Everyone listens to them. Their opinion matters, their voice matters. Well, even in like a lecture or a, uh, like in, in school, you just raise your hand mm-hmm. and the professor listens. And it- But think about from freshman year to senior year, right? Freshman year, you're bottom of the totem pole. You're in large lecture hall style classes for the most part. And you don't have as big of a voice, right? And as you go from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior, your class size becomes smaller and smaller and your voice becomes bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden you graduate, you go to the real world and you're not in a lecture anymore where you raise your hand. You're in the real world. Like you can't mess up and ask a question or you shouldn't, right? Like people are nervous about that. And I think well, that was part a, of the a stigma that I had. Exactly. That was something that I was scared about too. But you know, you go and you work your way up, those class sizes become smaller, you get more confident. And all of a sudden, as soon as you graduate, that confidence is yanked out from under you. You're in a, probably a new industry. The things you learned in school probably aren't relative or relating to what you're doing on the day-to-day. And so your voice gets swallowed because you lack confidence. And I'm so excited we're talking about this topic, Parker, because I know you and I struggled with this when we joined our firms, you know, right when we graduated. And now we're leading different initiatives and we most definitely have our voices back. 
it, it's interesting that you said that when you you get into the real world and let's say hypothetically at the job you have to be kind of perfect and the way you you speak up and i feel like that was the thing that was holding me back for so long is that i didn't want to speak up in a meeting i didn't want to speak up when i thought something because i felt like if i said something wrong they everyone around me would look at me and i had four heads and like who's this guy he knows nothing but he's also saying this and that was my problem it was this sense of self it's self-doubt essentially it's self-doubt yeah yeah self-doubt or imposter syndrome it's li- it, mm. i literally felt like i was an imposter i'm getting paid to do this job and why do i have anything of value to bring and when you say like i have to be perfect and that's the thing that scared me i think once i was able to get over that idea that everyone around me doesn't expect that I'm going to say the perfect thing, but also at the same time that my opinion matters. And even if it seems wrong to them, that's the most important thing. It's something that I believe. And yeah, it could be totally wrong. But if I say it and I own it, then at least they have to consider it. I think that's one side of the coin. I want to ask you if you did this as well, because I clear I still do this first off but I vividly remember my first year you know my first week or month on the job I would be in a meeting and I would think in my head when they would ask a question not to me but just to the general you know my general team when someone else would ask a question I would think of the answer that I would say back and obviously like it was not my place to raise my hand and I wasn't confident enough to but I kept doing that and more often than not, the answer that the head partner would say or whoever got the correct answer was what I had in my head. And once that started happening more and more and more, I then realized I belong. I'm smart enough to figure out what they're trying to understand, right? And like, so therefore my opinion does matter because I figured this stuff out. And it didn't happen right away. I don't want anyone out there to think, you know, if you that's not happening to you, on your first week on the job that something's wrong with you. It took me a while to figure out the nomenclature, the abbreviations, what people were asking, the right way to phrase the answer. But once I started to pick up on that, helped reassure me that I was smart enough to be there. And that's the thing. It's like, why do we have to feel like we we have to be smart enough to be there? We're there for a reason. And this is something, I forget who told me this. Uh, and this really helped me get over it, like that hump is... You're in the room for a reason. So speak your voice. You're there because someone else wants you there. You wouldn't be in the room. You wouldn't have a seat at that table. You wouldn't, well, now in that Skype call or Zoom call, you wouldn't be there if they didn't want your opinion. And once I thought about it that way, and if I did speak up, you know, I spoke up and that's all that matters. And now I'm getting to the point where it's something that I, I've really tried to do is every meeting I go into, I write down one question that I want to ask. One question to start. Because maybe I don't have a point, some brilliant point to make about something that we're doing. But if I can ask one question, it, it, it shows my interest. And it shows, wow, Parker's thinking about this. And then the best part is when someone asks back, another question to me. I think that's fantastic advice to all the, you know, Elevation Nation 
members out there that are about to enter a job or just started. We're in job now. I feel like this is something that never ends. But I want to add on to that, Park. So writing down a question I think is genius. I also want people to realize that you don't need to have an opinion to be valued. Sometimes there is the overzealous new hire who thinks in every meeting they have to make a point, a statement, or some have some opinion. That's when you rub people the wrong way. You can have one, and this goes with your quote, Parker, that you'll say in a bit, but there's a time and a place, but what you can always have is a question and raise that perspective, and you'll learn the appropriate way to do that over time, but we don't want you to mistake having your voice for overextending your voice. You don't need to have a megaphone, and that's the difference. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I know you and I both go back and forth on this all the time, is... I don't like to be that person who's just talking and talking and talking because then I feel like my voice loses value in the conversation. You know, I'm talking and talking. I could be right. But if there's four or five people in that meeting, the value of that conversation comes from everyone collaborating. What I found is if I actually talk less and I listen more, I find that when I speak, people listen to me and appreciate a little bit more what I have to say. I believe the quote is talk less, smile more. We literally were just singing Hamilton, everyone. So that's any of our Hamilton fans out there. I I definitely brought that up for a reason, by the way. Thomas Jefferson's coming home. I don't even think it's called that, bro. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I I really don't think it's called that. That's not the title of the song. I I don't know, man. But having your voice is important. I think finding that balance is crucial. Having a question, getting your bearings and knowing when to participate is huge. But I want to quickly also bring up another aspect of your voice as a young adult in the real world, which is your voice in society, right? So finding your voice in the work work world is, is one piece. But this is the first time that you truly are an adult on your own, and it's your responsibility. We talked about this in our awesome podcast with Samantha Soloway on as a young adult, when you graduate, you have a responsibility to make society a better place, to be educated, to learn, to push yourself, to help make the world move forward. And I think it's the first time truly that you have your own independent voice as a young adult. Um, You know, we can all go out and vote and volunteer and learn and read and grow. And I think that's an amazing way to help push yourself and having more confidence in your voice as someone that's new in the real world. Yeah, so our episode with Sam Soloway is going to come out in a few weeks, and she's incredible. And Sam and I had a really great conversation with her. But to your point, Sam, I think it sometimes is very difficult to find the medium to... I guess, share what your thoughts are and opinions are as you're graduating college. And I think people gravitate towards social media as that that avenue as you know, you can get to the most people. But I think even more so, the way to have your voice in society has to be among your friends and your family, the people that you're always talking to and being with and, you know, walking the walk. You're talking the talk, but then you're going to walk the walk and you're going to be that person that you you say you're going to be uh, and do those things that you want to do. But you got to be able to talk to the people around you so that you can continue to build on that voice you want to build in your life. 
Absolutely. So I think in summary, Parker, there are a lot of good points there. Finding your voice as a new adult in the real world is hard and it's supposed to be hard and it's awkward. You go from having a huge voice as you know someone at the top of the food chain in college to back the low man on the totem pole. So you know, in conclusion with that, some tips that Parker and I have for you all is wait until you understand what's going on and quiz yourself in your own mind before you blurt out an answer to see if you're kind of starting to understand things. Come in with a question. You can always have a good question. Third, know when to amplify your voice, right? Because you don't need to always be talking to make a big impact. You need to be strategic with that. And then also find your voice in society, not just in the working world. And that will lead to you having more interesting opinions in your job. So I'm in this meeting every month with like 40 people for work. And what what's so interesting about that meeting is there are people who are my age, 24, 25, all the way up to the leaders of the practice of my company. And the really interesting thing about that meeting is they want everyone to speak as if everyone's equal. Obviously, you know, that's just the culture of where we, the company that we work at. But the interesting thing is, is if I say something and they disagree with it, they heard something, a perspective from a young millennial, Gen Z, whatever you want to call us, maybe that's the right answer. And maybe they're now need to think in a new way. So I just remember that, that whatever you say may feel like it, it's off or it's different. You deserve the input that you want to provide to everyone else. And maybe you'll go change the world that way. Amen to that, brother. I, I think you got a good perspective, though, for Parker's perspective this week. Let's, uh, let's hear the quote you got, man. I think it's perfect for the conversation of finding your voice. So my man, James Clear, we're going back to him. What a legend. I think he's on Clubhouse now, too. So we may have to listen or possibly one day join his conversations. This quote that he wrote up is a great way to also think about how you can find your voice, whether that's in the job, society, family, friends, whatever it is. You ask yourself three questions. Does this need to be said? Does this need to be said by me? And does this need to be said by me right now? So think of those three questions as kind of a, a level setter. And if it answers all three, you better say it, Sammy. Amen to that. I love that, brother. That was fantastic. I think you know finding your voice is something that young people are going to struggle with for years to come. But I think those tips that you, know, you and I learned the hard way when we were going through it ourselves will hopefully help more people find their voice. And speaking of finding your voice as a young adult, the episode of our interview we have this week is someone who just recently, I think, truly has started to find his voice in Connor Cashaw. Connor is a friend of mine. I've known Connor since I was in seventh grade. Um, He went on to play collegiate basketball and now plays overseas in the UK. Um, So he's a professional basketball player in the UK. And Connor himself wanted to share his experiences of being an American athlete overseas and what that was like. And he has his own media company that he started his YouTube channel overseas all about finding his voice and sharing his voice with other people who are going through similar situations or just want to know what it's like to... He literally packed up his life that he knew in the States 
and moved to the UK to be a professional athlete. And we're excited to talk with him and you all are going to love it. And, and it's perfect for our conversation on finding your voice. And with that, Sammy, talk soon. Love you, man. Peace, Elevation Nation. Hey, it's Parker again. Thanks for listening to Fortitude and 15 this week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it may be. If you want to join the nation and follow Sam and my journey, you can follow us at elevationnation.io or you can visit us on the web at www.elevationnation.io. DM us, text us, email us if you want to share your story, you have any ideas for the podcast, or if you think anyone else should join our conversations. Our intro is produced by Jay. Shoot him a follow on Instagram at produced by Jay. Thanks to our mentors, Rich Keller and David Hess for their constant support. Be sure to tune in for the next conversation. See you then. (laughs) 